Amen. I greet you today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Great to see this beautiful crowd in this place. And I know that you are excited about the progress on the new location and that it won't be long. You'll have room. And I'm happy for you. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Give honor today to your pastor and the first lady of this assembly. Appreciate them very, very much. Thank God for their passion for the kingdom of God, their love for truth. Amen. Their vision for the future. Jesus said, occupy till I come. You know what that means? It means that we should be living as if he's coming in the next five minutes, but working like it's going to be 50 years. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. I also want to welcome to our service today, we have people that have connected from the country of India. We've also have people from across the continent of Africa that are watching right now. Would you welcome them in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. I read today from the book of Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1. I know you've probably never heard these verses before, but if they're new to you, then um, maybe we'll pull something out of them today. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. I want to preach to you a few minutes today on this subject, the realization of potential. Amen. The realization of potential. The word potential means having the ability or the capacity to become something in the future. So I want to talk to you today about the realization of potential. And everybody shout amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Romans chapter 1, verse number 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now we understand by John 4 and 24 that God is a spirit. And since we know that God is a spirit, that makes him invisible. That means that you and I are incapable with the naked eye to see the spirit of God at work. Amen. We cannot see God. We don't know how he's working. We don't know what he's doing because he is an invisible God. However, Romans 1 and 20 tells us that that which is invisible, where God is concerned, becomes visible by that which he has made so that you and I are more able to understand how God is working whenever we observe the very things that he has already created when we see how he has worked in nature 
and I don't have time to get into a lot of details in that area, but suffice it to say that if you study nature and the way that nature functions and operates, you'll understand more so about how God is working things out in your own individual life. Amen. Simple illustration. You plant a seed in the earth and you cover it up. You and I don't know what's going on under the ground. All we see is eventually the evidence as it's beginning to reveal itself above the ground. We know that something took place. We know that something happened in order for that seed to germinate and it began to expand and life that was within it begins to move forward and pushes its way up through the ground until you see the evidence of a plant that is beginning to grow. Amen. Everything God does in your life, you don't see it today. It may take a day. It may take two days. It may take three days. Amen. The Bible does teach us that that the word is the seed. And so when the word of God is planted in your heart, then there is time sometimes that has to transpire in order for us to see the full evidence of what God is doing. That's why you need to be patient. I said, that's why you need to be patient. When you come to church, don't expect God to solve all your problems in one church service. Don't expect God to resolve all your issues in one church service. Give God some time. Amen. Give God some time. Come on back to the house of the Lord. Let the, let the spirit of God water your alert, water your heart, water your life. Let the Holy Ghost begin to work and operate. It won't be long. You'll start seeing some evidence of some things taking place that could never take place under any other circumstance. Hallelujah. You got to give God an opportunity. We know that Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose. That scripture does not say all things are good that happen to us, but it says that all things work together for good to them that love God. So if you just keep serving God, you'll live for God long enough to look back and say, now I know why that happened to me. Now I know why that took place in my life. Now I understand. Amen. If you only live for God three months, you're not going to see a lot of realities that you could see if you'll hang around for three years. If you'll hang around for three years, you'll look back down the road and say, what I thought was bad, God turned it out for good. What I thought was going to destroy me, God actually used it to save me. Woo! Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. And so this is why that when we read Genesis chapter 1 and we see the story of creation, it begins to reveal to us how God brings potential in our life to a reality. When we read Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and then he describes the condition of the earth. He says it was without form, it was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And when you read that, you understand that the world had no shape to it. 
and it was empty, it was void, and even darkness was upon the face of the deep. When you and I would look at a situation like that, we would see no potential whatsoever. What potential can you see in something that is without any shape, without any form, that is empty, that has nothing within it, and there is darkness, nothing but blackness of dark that is set upon that? What would you see as potential? Most of us would see nothing. But when God looked at that, God saw potential. <laughs> Hallelujah. What God saw was mountains and valleys and rivers and oceans and continents. Amen. What God saw was animals and grass and trees and he saw birds of the air and fish of the sea. God saw all of that before that there was anything that was realized. Because God sees potential where you don't see potential. God sees potential where you don't realize potential. Hallelujah. That's why you and I need to be careful. When people walk through that back door and we might know their history or we may know who they are and we may know the kind of life that they live, don't get too quick to judge. God may look at that individual and see a Sunday school teacher. He may see a home Bible study teacher. He may see a preacher. He might see, come on, God sees a worshiper. God sees a praiser. God sees a church musician. God sees a... Woo! Because I'm telling you, God sees potential when you don't see potential. Hallelujah. You may be even looking at yourself in the mirror and say, what can God make out of me? You hang around a while. Because God sees in you what you don't even see in yourself. Amen. The old song says, I say the old song is not that old, but at any rate, uh, it is a song with a few years on it. It said, he saw me not for what I was, but he saw me for what I could be. And we all need to thank God that when we knelt at an altar of repentance, God didn't judge us based on where we were, but he judged us based on what we could be. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the realization of potential. How does God bring potential to a reality? And that's what I want to preach about a few minutes here today is that God has a method. God has a plan. God has a way whereby he will bring, amen, potential to a reality. I don't care this morning if you are addicted to drugs. Jesus is looking at what you can be for him. Come on. Amen. The power of that addiction to drugs can be shifted and become an addiction to Jesus Christ. It can become an addiction to worship. It can become an addiction to praise. It can become an addiction to going to church. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You may have fought the bottle most all of your life. You may have struggled with alcoholism. Amen. And nobody and everybody that's tried has never been able to create any kind of a different situation in your life. But that same addiction to alcohol can be twisted and turned and shifted so that your addiction to things of God becomes the replacement. Hallelujah. Come on. I've seen people come from a mighty long ways. I've seen them drug out of the miry pit of sin. I've seen the, the chains of addiction broken. And I've watched the Holy Ghost turn them around. I've watched the Holy Ghost bring about potential. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, don't pass by that individual at Walmart and say they'll never make anything. They'll never be anything. Don't look at your relative that's never become anything and say it can never happen. But look at them and say, Jesus, you know the potential that's in that individual. You know, the, you know what the capacity is to be something different in the future. Amen. I'm here to help somebody today. I'm here to let you know, friend, that you do not have to struggle with where you are and think that you have to do it by yourself. Amen. There's a, there's a power far greater than you. There's a, there's a power far greater than your own human ability. Amen. The Bible teaches us on this wise. And this is why that when I, when I quoted uh, Romans 1 and 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. We see the invisible in the visible. And when we look at creation, here's what the Bible tells us, that when this world was, that was without form and it was void and darkness was on the face of the deep, the first thing that God sent to that world was his spirit. It said, for the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to know how God brings, amen, potential to a reality, the first thing he uses is his spirit. Jesus said, no man can come to the Father except my spirit draw him. You want, you want, you want to be more than what you are? Let the Holy Ghost work on you. You want to be more than what you are? Surrender your life to the spirit of God. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God rested upon that world. It hovered. It moved. It brooded. The Bible says that it moved, and that word moved is defined as brooded or it hovered. It's, it's the same as, as what we would say where a hen is laying on her, on her eggs, waiting on those chicks to hatch out. In other words, the Spirit of God wasn't in a great big rush. 
the Spirit of God wasn't in a great big hurry. It was willing to just hover over that world. It was willing to brood on that world. That's why when you come to church and you feel the presence of God and you walk out of here, amen, after a Holy Ghost service, after the anointing of God has been upon the preacher to preach, and you walk out on a Sunday afternoon, and the Holy Ghost don't stay here, and you leave out of its presence. Whenever you walk out of here, the Holy Ghost is going to be hovering on you. The Holy Ghost is going to be brooding on you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost, when you go to lunch, the Holy Ghost is going to be there. When you go home and take your Sunday afternoon nap, the Holy Ghost is going to be there. When you lay down on Sunday night, the Holy Ghost is going to be there. Yeah. When you go to your job on Monday, the Holy Ghost is going to be there. You know why? God's brooding on your life. God's moving upon your life. The Lord is moving upon your very soul. And why? He wants to bring something to a reality. He wants to change who you are. He wants to change what you are. What you are today is not what you're going to be tomorrow. What you are today is not what you're going to be next year. My, my, my. Amen. Spirit's going to move. Holy Ghost's going to work. Amen. You see, I read in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number one, that the prophet of God said, the spirit of the Lord lifted me up, took me out, and he set me down. In a, here's what the Bible says. He described it like this. He set me down in a valley where there were many bones. Amen. They were very many bones, and they were very dry. Hallelujah. An, an, an impossible situation. And God said to, to Ezekiel, he said, son of man, can these bones live? And, and Ezekiel didn't want to answer that because human says, I don't see any potential here. I don't see any kind of a change that can take place. And so he just looked back and said, God, you know. Amen. I'm going to tell you why I'm preaching what I'm preaching this because God knows when man don't know. God knows when your wife doesn't know. God knows when your husband doesn't know. God knows. Come on. I said God knows when your children don't know. God even knows when the preacher don't know. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the Bible teaches us that the next thing in creation, I'll come back to the Valley of Dry Bones in a minute, I think. I'll, I'm going to try to get back there. But I go back to Genesis chapter 1, and the word of the Lord tells us that whenever that spirit began to hover, and it created an atmosphere around that world, amen, God said, let there be light, and there was light. You have to understand that it still had no form, and it was still empty, but darkness had been driven away and now there was light. This is why I'm preaching to you that you cannot expect God to do everything that needs to be done in your life in your first visit to a church, in your first time in the altar. 
Amen. I heard an old story years ago, and, and it went like this. It said that there was a man that walked up, uh, and, and, and uh, he, he was watching this individual as he is carving um, an Indian chief out of a, of a huge log. And so as they were watching him, he finally engaged the artist or the uh, whatever you call him. He, he engaged him in, in conversation, and he asked him the question. He said, how do you get an Indian chief? out of a log like that. He said, I cut away everything, amen, that don't look like an Indian chief. Amen. I cut away everything that don't look like an Indian chief. You know what God does with us? He slowly chisels away everything that don't look like a saint, everything that don't look like a child of God. Amen. Amen. We need to thank God that he don't do all the work in one night. Because if he had to take away everything out of our life that didn't look like him and the first time we were in the altar, there wouldn't be enough to make a saint out of. Woo! Come on, I feel like preaching here today. I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to help somebody in this house. Amen. Amen. And, and, so, and so whenever we see the Spirit of God is hovering and he speaks and light begins to illuminate this world, there's still no form and it's still empty, but there's light that's shining. Hallelujah. Let me just talk to the church here this afternoon. Let me tell the saints of God that have lived for God for a long time. When somebody walks in that door and they leave our service, they may not go to the altar. They may not get baptized in Jesus' name. But if the light of the love of God is shown upon their life and they realize maybe there's hope, maybe there's hope, maybe my life can be different. God has done something that the world couldn't do for them. Amen. And so the Spirit of God moved and the Word began to go forth. I want you to notice the first three days of creation, what the Word did. The Word separated light from darkness. The Word separated the waters of the firmament above from the waters of the firmament below. The Word separated and divided, amen, the dry land from the seas. What was God doing? He was bringing potential to a reality but in order to bring potential to a reality he had to put the world through a separation process amen he had to separate light from darkness he had to separate dry land from seas he had to separate the heavens from above from the earth beneath God had to bring and put the world through a process of separation let me tell you how God works in your life. When you begin to commit yourself to Jesus Christ and the work that he wants to do in your life, he's going to start separating some things. He's going to put righteousness over here and unrighteousness over here. He's going to put godliness over here and ungodliness over here. He's going to separate right from wrong. Amen. Amen. 
He's going to separate falsehood or lies from the truth. In other words, you're going to feel a separation process. And separation is not all that easy. But if you want God to bring the full potential to who you are or what you can be, then you've got to let him separate those things. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, you say, make it a little more plain, preacher. Help me out a little bit. Well, I'll, I'll make it very plain to you. And that is in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Amen. Repent. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I don't like a confrontational gospel. I want to tell you, the gospel of Jesus Christ is confrontational. It will confront your sin. It will confront your wickedness. It will confront the life that you have lived. Amen. Amen. And what God is interested in is not in remodeling your old man. God wants to make you a brand new man. God wants to change you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he said repent, what does that mean? That means you die out to your old life. That means that you're going this direction and you're turning and you're going a new direction. Amen. Repentance, repentance is not you just repenting of all what you think is the bad things in your life. Repentance is laying everything bad and good on the altar about you and say, God, change me. I want to be new. I want to be a brand new man. I want to be a brand new woman. My, my, my. Amen. And so he put the world through a separation process. Hallelujah. And in that separation process, sometimes it's where people drop out. They never realize their potential in God because they can't handle the separation process. Because sometimes you got to give up some stuff. What you used to love, you're now going to hate it. And what you used to hate, you're now going to love. There's going to be a radical change in your life. My God, hallelujah. Come on. Repentance is a radical change. Amen. Repentance is not going this direction and you just kind of make a little bit of a, of a Y turn and, and you keep going the same direction. You just kind of made a little bit of a change. That's not, that's not radical whatsoever. Every now and then I'm driving down the road and I got my GPS telling me how I need to get there. Lord, have mercy. I hate that woman that's telling me how to get there. <laughs> Excuse me. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to see if I can get a fellow on there with a British accent or something like that. But 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 they they all they say make a slight right and, and then keep going. Living for God is not a slight right. Living for God is when the GPS says redirecting. You need to turn around. You need to make a U-turn. You need to make a U-turn. Your spiritual GPS is telling you you're going the wrong direction. There's, you got to have a radical change. That, 
There's got to be a radical change in your life. Come on. You used to cuss. You don't cuss no more. You used to fight. You don't fight anymore. Come on. Amen. Bible talks about how that Israel took the ark in the battle and the Philistines took it. And they went, they took that ark down to their, their house of worship. And they set it up in front of Dagon, their God, which was an idol God. Closed the doors, locked it up, and they went home. They came back the next morning and their God was on his face. The idol God was on his face. The next day, they set him back up. The next day they went in and he wasn't just on his face, but he was shattered. He was broken in pieces. What is that telling us? You got to understand God and idolatry don't live in the same house. When the Holy Ghost starts resting upon you, he starts tearing your idols down. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. When the Holy Ghost comes in your life, razorbacks don't mean nothing to you anymore. Boy, it got quiet then. Hallelujah. Come on. Hollywood don't mean this what it used to mean to you. God starts tearing your idols down because God and the idols not going to live in the same house. Man, you know what these dumb you know what these dumb Philistines did? They didn't have enough brains. They didn't have enough. Uh, they didn't have enough whatever it took to realize there's something more powerful where this ark is concerned than our idol. And so rather rather than throw the idol out and leave the ark there, they took the glory and sent it back to Israel. And this is the sad thing that happens to some people when the glory of God comes to their life and he starts tearing down their idols and he starts destroying the things that they once loved. The battle gets too great. The separation is too severe. There's too much pain involved in this. I've heard some people, I've heard people, I've been preaching, you said 50 years, actually it's probably around 53 years. I know I started out six or seven, no, I really I was thinking I was about 14 or 15 when I preached my first message. And, and, and so uh, anyway, here I am today and, and, and I realize that, that after all these years I've heard people come, uh, uh, maybe they've been in church for two weeks, they got the Holy Ghost, they got baptized and they said, preacher, I don't know what to do. I'm fighting now worse than I've ever fought in my life. Hello. I said, hello. There's a reason why you're fighting. Because the devil's not going to take the loss of you sitting down. And furthermore, your flesh doesn't like it. Well, I'm preaching. Amen. I'm talking about the realization of potential. If you want to really, and then here's what people do. They, they, rather, than, rather than throwing the idols out and keeping the glory, they just let the glory go and hang on to their idols. That can't. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I've never had a basketball star pray for me and get healed. I have never had a football star come and visit me and be healed. I have never. Come on. When, when, I find, when I have struggled financially, I've never had a one of them come by my house and say, let me help you. But let me tell you who has helped me. Jesus has helped me time and time and time and time again. He's helped me when nobody else could help me. Woo! Well, hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so it was that they sent the glory back. Many people send the glory back and when they ought to be hanging on to it. If you'll hang on to what the Holy Ghost is doing in your life in due process of time, you'll get some victories and you'll live in victory. You won't live in defeat and you won't live with a constant fight and a constant battle, a constant struggle. Oh yeah, you're always gonna deal with your flesh, but when the Holy Ghost is working in your life, when the Holy Ghost is working in your spirit, when the Holy Ghost is working on you, I'm here today to tell you, you'll live in victory. You won't live in defeat, you'll live in victory. I gotta hurry, I could preach on this all afternoon. Amen. But let, let me just let me just start trying to land this thing. All right. But whenever that whenever you note that the first three days that God put the world through a separation process, He was doing it under the the, the atmosphere or in the atmosphere of His Spirit. But His Word was doing the work. That's why Pastor Moses this morning is saying was saying to you, I didn't like it whenever Bishop Holmes would preach. Amen. Nail my hide to the wall, so to speak. Call my name out. And do everything but call my name out. It's because of the fact, amen, that the word is going to do the separating. The word is going to identify problem areas. The word is going to... Come on. You want to you wanna be what God wants you to be? Then let me tell you what you got to do. Submit to the word. Obey the word. Be obedient to scripture. Hear the word of God preached. Save your soul through the preaching of the word of God. That's why Paul writes in Corinthians and said that we are saved by preaching. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. He didn't say by foolish preaching. He said the foolishness of preaching. Because what I'm doing right now to the carnal eye and the carnal mind is a very foolish thing. Get up in the pulpit, face get red, and doing all kind of gestures and screaming in the mic. That's, that's foolish, but that's what God chose to save them that would believe. It was the spoken word that brought about creation. It was the spoken word that, that saw potential come to a reality. But, but let me help you understand something. Let me tell you why that he put the world through a separation process. Just in case that you struggle with our doctrine of separation in the church. Let me tell you that the doctrine of separation is established in Genesis chapter 1. Amen. Why do we have to have separation? 
in creation. The world was without form. It had no shape. It was chaotic. It was confused. It was empty. What did separation do? It brought order to chaos. Amen. And when God starts putting your individual life that's chaotic, when he starts putting you through that process of separation, he's trying to bring order to your life. Amen. You can't have order. My, my, my Lord. You can't have order in the middle of chaos. That's what separation is all about. It means that some things are being brought into order. That's why when you go back to Ezekiel 37, I knew I'd get back to him. When you get back to Ezekiel 37, he said, son of man, prophesy. The word of God went forth and he said, oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen what the Bible said. It said, when I prophesied, every bone came to his bone. That means if there was a leg bone a quarter of a mile over there and it belonged to this foot bone over here, it means that that leg bone came over to where that foot bone was. God was taking a a valley full of very many bones that were very dry and he was putting them all back together again. Hallelujah. I said he was putting them all back together again. Let me tell you what God's trying to do to your life. He's trying to put your life back together again. God is trying to put everything back in order. Woo, hallelujah. He had to bring every bone back to his bone. He had to bring order in that valley. Those bones still didn't have sinew. Those bones still didn't have muscle. They still didn't have flesh. And they still didn't have any breath in them. But they were back together again. Oh, hallelujah. When God starts working on your life and he puts order back in your life, you may say, I'm not everything yet that I'm supposed to be, but at least I'm back together again. At least I got some order. I've got some direction. Now I know. Now I know. I've got some future. Praise the Lord. That's what God's trying to do to some people in this house. Amen. There's people sitting in this room here this morning. You came to church with questions in your mind. You came to church wondering why in the world am I going through all of this? I'll tell you what God's trying to do. Put all the bones back together again. He's trying to put all the pieces back together again. Your world's been shattered. Your world's been turned upside down. And all he's doing is trying to bring everything back in order. After God had everything back in order, the preacher prophesied some more and there was sinew, there was flesh, there was muscles and skin that came on the body. But they were still laying in the valley and they had no life. He said, prophesy one more time. Prophesy to the winds. Prophesy to the north, the south, the east, the west. Call on the winds. And the wind began to blow and breath began to flow in these bodies. And the Bible said they stood up a very great army. When Ezekiel first looked at that valley of very dry bones, amen, he saw no potential. But what God saw was a great army. God. Amen. Amen. 
And, and, and so I'm going to tell you that the first three days he put them through separation. He brought order to that world. And then the second three days, he began to adorn that world. That's when he put fish in the sea. That's when he put fowls in the air. That's when he put beasts in the field. Amen. God did not adorn the world with what it needed to survive until the environment necessary to sustain those things was put in place. He's not going to give you the Holy Ghost full of sin. Amen. You're going to have to repent of that sin. You're going to have to not only say, I'm sorry of my sins, but I am turning from my sin. I'm leaving the world behind. I'm leaving my old life behind. And when you do that, that's when he puts the Holy Ghost inside of you because there's got to be an environment in your life that can sustain what God wants to add to your life. Amen. 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 Now don't, 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 whenever, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, don't think he's going to call you to preach in the first week. He's got other stuff he wants to add to your life. He's got other things he wants to do in your life. He's got a great work he wants to accomplish. He wants to get the environment together. Get the environment right so whatever he puts there can be sustained. Somebody shout amen. Do we have anybody in this house that's had the Holy Ghost more than 40 years? Stand up. If you've got the Holy Ghost more than 40 years, stand up, please. Amen. More than 40 years. I, I, I just picked that out of the air, okay? I could have probably said 50 years. There'd be some folks standing. It's been, I think, let's see, I'm 69. So, yeah, I could say I'm, I've had the Holy Ghost since I was 12. So that'd make, that'd make me having the Holy Ghost about... Uh, 57 years. Thank you. Just, just stay standing. Just for a moment, please. Look at these people. Look at these people. You know why they're still living for God today? You may be, you may be sitting here this morning thinking in your mind, I can never survive. You know why these folks are still living for God today after 40 years? They've still got the Holy Ghost. It's because they allowed God to create an environment in their life that would, that, that would sustain what God put there. That's why they're still living for God today. Thank y'all. You can be seated. Amen. That's why they still got the Holy Ghost. That's why they're still in the church. It's because there's an environment created in their life that has sustained them. And you can live for God. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what your fellow employees are employed. I don't care who says what. Amen. Your co-workers, it doesn't matter. You can live for God because it's God that brings the potential to a reality. It's God that makes the difference in your life. Amen. Let's stand so I can quit. If I don't quit, they're going to say I preached in the morning and the afternoon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. My Lord, I feel Holy Ghost in this house. I'm going to tell you, I tell you what kind of spirits in this place, what kind of powers in this place. It's, it's enough here that if you want the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost. You can start the process today of God bringing potential to a reality. You see, you're looking at yourself right now and you're thinking, I really can't be anything. 
I, I, I'm sorry, I just, I just can't. Preacher, everything you're preaching sounds good. It's good in theory. No, no, no. It may be in your mind good in theory, but it's actually better in experience. Because there's people here today. In fact, we've got people in this house right now. We've got people in this house. Listen carefully. We've got people in this house that won't even talk to you about their past. They're so ashamed of it. They won't even tell you everything they've ever done in sin because they're too ashamed of it. And rightfully so. Who wants to get up and hang out your dirty linen for everybody to see it? Can I get a witness? There's people that absolutely would never tell you the kind of life they lived out there in the world. But look at them today. See, you're looking at them saying, I could never be like them because you don't know their story. You don't know where God brought them from. But if God could take a world and make it like we see it today when it was nothing but emptiness, barrenness, and confusion, and chaos, and you can see the beauty of the Arkansas Ozarks. Amen. Whatever amount of beauty that might be. Or the Rocky Mountains. Or the Smoky Mountains. Or the Grand Canyon. I could go down the list. If you can look at that and you can be in awe of what God has done where creation is concerned. Amen. You let God start to work in your life and you'll be in awe at what God can do for your life. I've been in this, I've been in this all my life. I'm not in it because my daddy preached it. I'm not in it because I was raised in church. I'm in it because I know it's right. Amen. And I I never cease to be amazed at how God works. I stand in awe sometimes. How did you do that, God? How did you accomplish this? This is incredible. I can't believe what you've done. But God's doing it. Amen. God's doing it. And he's doing it all over the world. He's doing it in the, let me tell you something. Don't get upset to fret. Don't, don't fret. Maybe I should say that. I get upset sometimes at what the craziness that's going on in our world and the things that are being done. But don't worry about whether or not God can work in the middle of chaos. Amen. Don't forget that Jesus Christ was born at a time when Israel was under the tyranny of Rome. He came in right under the nose of tyranny. Hallelujah. And even when the king tried to kill him, the Lord preserved him. Amen. I'm just telling you, we serve a God that knows how to get the job done. And if you're in this house and you don't have the Holy Ghost this morning, if your life is a wreck, if your life has been, has been shattered into a million pieces, it feels like, I want to introduce you to one today that can take the pieces and put them all back together again. I want to introduce you to one that knows how to bring potential to a reality. Hallelujah. This altar's open right now. 
if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you need God this morning, if, you, if you're tired of living the way you've been living, if you're tired of being what you've been. In fact, if you're a child of God here today and you've been struggling in your walk with God and you've been wondering, God, what do you want me to do? You need to let him, submit yourself to him today and let him start bringing potential to a reality. Let the spirit work on you. Let the word work on you. This is how God operates. God operates through his spirit and he operates through his word. And if you want to be everything that Jesus wants you to be, you're going to have to submit to his spirit, submit to his word. This altar's open right now. Amen. This altar's open right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, right now's a good time to come get the Holy Ghost. Right now's a good time to let the Holy Ghost work in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Come on in. I know, I know we don't have a lot of room up front, but you can, you can have what God has for your life. You can get what God has for your life. Hallelujah. He can bring potential to a reality. He can bring potential to a reality. He can bring things. Amen. He can do things that you can't see. He can do things that you've never seen done. Amen. God, what can you make out of me? I'm going to tell you, you'll be surprised what God can do in your life. You'll be surprised how God can work in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray, church. The Holy Ghost is moving. There's people praying right now. There's people praying. There's people seeking God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's pray, church. Let's reach out to him right now. Let's reach out to him right now. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, help us. Holy Ghost, help us. Holy Ghost, help us. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, he's working. He's working right now. Holy Ghost is working right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, he's here, he's here. Let the Holy Ghost do the work. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost do the work. Let the Holy Ghost do the work. The Holy Ghost is trying to help us right now. The Holy Ghost trying to help us right now. Hallelujah. Church, let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. <laughs>